Wolf. I'm so glad you joined me today. I look forward to connecting with you each week with this podcast, where I really seek to help us all discover and live in life-giving truth, helping people discover truth to fortify their faith, giving them hope, and actually direction for everyday life is something I've been passionately doing for about 25 years now. I love seeking the Lord for his answers to life's difficult issues, learning the scriptural authority that we can apply, then getting the opportunity to share my findings with you. That's what really blesses me, is knowing I'm sharing what I've learned with you, and hopefully you'll be blessed in the process. I can't think of anything better to do with my time, talents, and treasures. And if you are blessed by my work, then I ask you to partner with me. It's expensive for my husband and me to produce these podcasts. And like most people, we are on limited income. So if you want to have my ministry podcast continue, please let me hear from you. Contact me at faith to live by at pamelachristianministries.com. That's my email address, faith to live by at pamelachristianministries.com. I'm adding some products and some services that you can select from, with one being a new bumper sticker that was inspired by one of my listeners, Julie Winkler, a woman I've known for many, many years and is a blessed friend. But wouldn't you love to see all over America a bumper sticker that says, Make America Godly Again? Yeah, that's what I've come up with. So later on in this program, I'll tell you how you can pre order. And make sure to get some to give away, too, so that we can see these bumper stickers on all the cars and benches and anywhere else we can put a bumper sticker. (laughs) I really am excited about getting these bumper stickers available as a means to help support my show because I really want to renew and be with you for another year. But I'm even more excited about what God is doing now. Have you been paying attention? I mean, God is moving powerfully right now, evidenced by the recent Tulsa conference by Clay Clark called the Health and Freedom Conference. It was held on April 17 and 19, I think it was. And to be clear, God wants us to unite. Being united in truth was the focus of last week's podcast. We need to be promoting truth and God's kingdom ways on earth. And we must also be prepared for the imminent great harvest of souls, the billion soul harvest prophesied by Bob Jones. It's already started to happen, and Mario Murillo is one of the forerunners. So for today's topic, I want to help us learn to live with the end in mind. Why? Because when we are suffering various hardships and trials, if we deliberately keep the end promises that God has made in our mind, we will manage through life's issues with greater success. In fact, the Lord spoke to the entire crowd at the Tulsa event. In fact, he's speaking to all of his people because of the videos of the event. And God provided us amazing words of encouragement through Amanda Grace at the Tulsa Conference about remaining focused on the end. This is what he said. Rise up, my children. Rise up. Rise up in your faith. Take the word and take the sword of the spirit. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles and schemes of the devil for wickedness attempts to advance in this country. I, the Lord, see ahead. I, the Lord, see the end of the battle because the battle is already won. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and I will raise up my children in this hour, and I will pour out a double portion of my spirit on the remnant of this country, and my children shall speak with a greater boldness in this hour. As you see things begin to turn, as my children cry out to me, says the Spirit of the Lord this day. He had much more to say through Amanda Grace, and I'll have a link for you in the show notes. These are exciting days where God's people must unite in truth and in effort to see God's will done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. The evil forces that seek to steal, rob and kill and destroy have been running rampant, especially under the cloak of COVID-19. People around the world have been blatantly lied to, censored, controlled, and intentionally confused. People in positions of governmental and cultural influence have been publicly displaying their true identity, and those of us who are discerning will readily see who is for us and who is against us. I believe God has intentionally been exposing corruption for well over a year now, so that those of us who want to be as far removed from evil and deception as possible will choose to align ourselves with truth, with God, through faith in Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, there will be some who, although they are given every opportunity to side with truth, will knowingly remain steadfast against God. Many in this latter group are unaware that by choosing not to align with God, by default, they align with the enemy of God, known as Satan. Now, I've said before, and I know you agree, no one in their right mind would ever willingly choose to base their life on lies, especially knowing that such will ever and only lead to their own demise. So how is it that people align themselves against God? One word, deception. I've shared before, because the very nature of deception means the victim is unaware of their condition, they will continue in that state until or unless something abruptly challenges their worldview, something challenges all the matters they believe are true. This is the only way to break a person out of deception. With that said then, can't you see how loving it's been of our God to expose corruption for the whole world to see it for what it is? Yes, it's been painful and many losses had been suffered in the process. But had God not shined the light on the evil and the deceptive practices that have come to govern people worldwide, we would have all remained deceived and suffer in even greater ways than we have. I want to share with you a story I heard years ago that I'll never forget. I've tried to learn the name of the author and even the title of this particular story so I could give credit, but I've not been able to. But let's see how you respond to this story. A farmer in the Midwest had a dream all his life to have a certain beautiful horse. When he reached 50 years old, he finally had enough money to buy the horse, and he did. All the neighbors in the community came by to admire the horse and congratulate the farmer for his finally being blessed to have his horse. The farmer turned to the people and asked, How do you know it's a blessing? Well, one night, the horse that the man had wanted for so many years broke out of its corral and ran off. Well, the next day, all the neighbors came by and expressed their sorrow for the farmer's tragic misfortune. And he replied, How do you know it's a tragedy? Well, the next night, the horse came back, bringing with it a whole herd of wild horses, and they ran right into the corral where the farmer was able to close the gate and secure them in. Well, the very next day, all the neighbors came by and congratulated the farmer for his blessings, to which the farmer responded, How do you know it's a blessing? Well, it so happened that the next day, the horses were spooked, and in a stampede, they trampled over the fencing, bringing down some equipment as they ran, and a fire ensued in the barn, bringing it literally to the ground. Well, the next day, all the neighbors came by to express their sorrow for the farmer's tragic misfortune, to which the farmer replied, How do you know it's a tragedy? Well, After that, all the neighbors decided to work together to help the farmer rebuild his barn, and when they were done, 
the farmer had a much superior barn than he had before. The neighbors, recognizing that the farmer now had a barn greater than ever, admired their work and congratulated the farmer for his good fortune and blessing. To which the farmer replied, How do you know it's a blessing? Well, what do you think happened next? Well, within about a week, the county tax assessor came by the property and his property taxes were increased. And that certainly doesn't seem like a blessing, does it? But here's what I want us to get from this story. Life and life events are a continuum of events that can only be properly assessed in the end, in what is the final event in life. We can best understand what's currently happening if we have a proper understanding of the end. In other words, for us to make sense out of what's happening in our lives now, we must view it with the perspective of the end. And what was the word spoken by God through Amanda Grace? That he sees the end and the victory is already won. Considering how important it is for us to remain focused on the end, can't you see how loving it is of God to have provided us with the Bible? his written word that allows us to not only examine history and consider current events, but also to properly anticipate the future. God knew we would fare better in this fallen world if we knew his promises for the end times. Through prophecies and Christ's instructions, God has graciously allowed us to know what he has planned for the end. And for those who have willingly chosen to align themselves with the truth of God's word, the end is glorious. In fact, for those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus, who have been redeemed back into the family of God, when we encounter suffering of various sorts in life, it is our eternal perspective that allows us to maneuver through life's difficulties without being overcome or defeated by life's events. Hebrews 12.2 says, Jesus willingly endured all the unfathomable sufferings he did, quote, for the joy set before him. In other words, it was by looking ahead to the end results of all of his suffering that gave him the joy to be able to persevere everything he endured. Hebrews chapters 11 and 12 give us a whole lot more to consider. Hebrews chapter 11 emphasizes the importance of our living by faith. Faith consists of consistent hope in the promises of God, and it is such faith that allows us to endure to the end. Let me take a minute to single out the biblical use of the word hope. In our modern English, we use the word hope different from the Bible. We might say, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Well, this is an expression of a desire without confidence it will be fulfilled. Biblical hope, on the other hand, is a confident, certain hope because it is based on faith in who God is. We can have hope as in wishful thinking, or we can have hope as in a confident assurance. Jesus wants all of his followers, all of us, to live by faith that generates hope that is a confident assurance. Our hope can only be a confident expectation if it is based on faith and if the faith is clearly based on truth. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. To get a better understanding, think of the word substance as the foundation. Just as it's necessary for engineers and architects to plan a foundation able to sustain buildings anticipating every possible challenge, we must establish our faith foundation with firm convictions of truth to support the weight of our hopes and everything that could come against our hope. The higher the building, the greater the foundation must be. 
So this should help us realize that our hopes can only be as high as our faith foundation is strong. The English Standard Version translation of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 is really helpful. It reads, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Biblical faith is not a vague hope grounded in imaginary wishful thinking. Instead, faith is a settled confidence that something in the future, something not yet seen but has been promised by God, will actually come to pass because God will personally bring it about. One reality that can erode and destroy our faith, and therefore our hope, is fear. Fear is the greatest tool the enemy of God has, and he uses it liberally. Wouldn't you agree that fear has been the driving force of control the world has been subjected to, especially in these days, this past year or more of COVID-19? I get my news from a variety of trusted sources, and if you're interested, you can find a list of the news sources that I use in the show notes. And I want to again state, I'm not coming to you claiming that I have all the answers. God is the only one with all the answers. I am, however, among those who actively seek to discover truth with complete awareness that there is an enemy who has influenced many people to follow after him and his deceptive ways. In exchange for following him, the enemy, Satan, offers people fame, fortune, and power. We need to understand truth is not one and done because the enemy is active. We need to be continually seeking truth. What we believed to be true in the past could have become corrupted and no longer worthy of our trust. The government, media, banking institutions, Wall Street, the liberal educational systems, including MIT, and many believe the Vatican are just some examples of institutions that no longer are worthy of our trust. One internet program I've recently learned about is The Editor's Desk with Michael J. Matt that can be viewed on Remnant TV. The Matt family has been publishing a newspaper called The Remnant, recognized as a national Catholic newspaper established in 1967. I appreciate their effort of reporting truth. One of Michael's recent shows titled Cult Fiction, a comprehensive case against the new normal, is worthy of your time to view. I'll have a link for you in the show notes. One of the issues Michael reported was on Pope Francis's upcoming 5th International Vatican Conference to be held May 6th to 8th, 2021. The focus, according to their publicity, is, quote, exploring the mind, body, and soul, end quote. And the tagline is, quote, unite to prevent and unite to cure, a global healthcare initiative, end quote. Speakers at this event are promoted as the world's leading physicians, scientists, leaders of faith, ethicists, patient advocates, policymakers, philanthropists, and influencers. Reading their promotional materials makes the event sound noble and altruistic, but a closer look at those who the speakers and the sponsors are reveals quite the contrary. I ask you to check everything, do your own homework, and learn for yourself what is true and what is trustworthy and what is not. Don't take my word, but I do hope that you allow my words and my ministry to help you discover and live in life-giving truth. If you want to watch Michael Matt's video or learn of the Pope's International Conference, I'll have links for you in the show notes. My take on the whole conference is all the hosts, sponsors, and speakers are part of the One World Order-focused cabal that wants to have complete control with no regard for the existence of God whatsoever. And 
just as a reminder, the term cabal refers to a secret clique or a political faction. The term deep state is another term referring to the cabal. Since autumn of 2019, I've been learning a lot about the strategy and the plans of the cabal. I believe the efforts of these self-appointed leaders of the world have operated as a cabal for hundreds of years with a consorted push to accomplish control culminating under the cloak of the planned outbreak of COVID-19. And with this accelerated effort to control us, what the cabal formerly did in secret is now being conducted right out in the open. I believe it's all part of God's plan to expose the corruption, to wake us up. While it appears to be a tragedy in the present, over time, will be recognized as a tremendous blessing. Again, when we consider present circumstances and events with the end in mind, we can better assess even troubling times as times that in God's hands will lead to victory. While some Christians believe we are in the end of the end times, I don't. And I have openly shared with this podcast, I believe we are at the beginning of the end times. I believe the enemy of God has tried to circumvent God's timeline in effort to prevent the great harvest of souls, the billion soul harvest, as Bob Jones called it. I think the enemy has wanted to prevent that from taking place. And in response to the enemy's effort to accelerate and bypass God's plans and timeline, God is increasing our awareness of good and evil to awaken people to the realities of the enemy and actually begin the process of the great harvest of souls. God has been administering his rescue mission for his people in the midst of all of this evil. We are living in the days greatly anticipated by all of the heavenly hosts where God's glory is being restored, truth is being heralded, and Jesus is king. Justice will be served and righteousness will prevail. And this is taking place in the beginning of the end times. I believe all of this is to fortify us for the more dreadful times that are yet to come. Reading the book of Revelation, we learn about the end times. However, it is exceedingly difficult to interpret how the events will actually play out. Years ago, I remember asking the Lord, How is it that all the people of the world will worship the Antichrist and be caused to get the mark of the beast and be prevented from buying and selling? Then, as we began experiencing the oppression and the control associated with the response of our world leaders to COVID-19, I realized we were experiencing an example of how revelation could play out. Imposing great fear upon people will be the tactic of the enemy in the end of the end times. We can know this because we've had something of a dress rehearsal in our current events. I consider the present times we're living in to be a time of preparation. God is allowing us to better understand how the enemy will ultimately complete his goals. However, those of us who are awakened to the truth today will have been prepared and we will not succumb to the tactics of the enemy. We may ultimately be the martyrs mentioned in Revelation who would rather die for our faith in Jesus than to renounce him. And this is not a response we could ever do in our own ability. It would require a special gift of faith and preparation from the Holy Spirit for any of us to be martyred for our faith. And Revelation is clear. There will be many who are martyred for their faith. So again, I believe we should properly mine these days we're living in as a time of preparation for the days ahead. Now, having just said that, here is some really good news. 
As the enemy has tried to accelerate God's timeline and bring his dominion in the world prematurely, in response, God is about to, and in fact has already begun to respond, similar to what we can read in Revelation. What is God's response to the enemy in the book of Revelation? Well, Christ's second coming and his millennial reign and rule. Now, I really want you to get this. We've had a foretaste of the enemy's last day's efforts. And in response, God is giving us a foretaste of Christ's second coming. We will experience this with the great end times harvest. The billion soul harvest will be an atmosphere charged, supercharged with Jesus that will be reminiscent of what things will be like at Christ's second coming. We're not living in the end times, but the beginning of the end times. In response to the enemy's attempt to prematurely gain power to circumvent the great harvest of souls, God is working to assure the great harvest occurs, which will establish again, as I mentioned, an atmosphere on earth that will be a foretaste of what it will be like at Christ's glorious return. Let me try to drive this home so that you leave this podcast so hope-filled that you cannot help but share this truth with others. Warren Peel wrote a great article that perfectly fits here. It's called Fallen, Fallen is Babylon the Great, and it's posted on the banneroftruth.org website and used with permission there. Warren Peel writes, In no time at all, the world has changed. Plague has brought the global economy crashing down. Trade and industry has ground to a standstill, except for essentials. That ubiquitous first world leisure activity, shopping, is a thing of the past. Stores are closed and long-established household brands are going bust. It used to be you could sample a different world cuisine for every night of the month, but now all the restaurants lie empty. The musicals on Broadway and the West End are canceled. Carnegie Hall and the Royal Albert Hall lie silent. Weddings are out of the question. What is especially remarkable about all this is the speed with which it has happened. It's as if all took place in a single hour. It seems like no time at all since we were enjoying life as normal, and now the whole world is united in a great collective lament for the loss of that normality. It's the only topic of conversation on people's lips the only subject in the news reports. It might sound like I'm describing the present worldwide COVID crisis, but actually, I'm summarizing Revelation 18, where John sees the end of the world. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great, Revelation 18.2. In the Bible, generally, and in Revelation in particular, Babylon represents the world against God. Fallen, sinful, humankind. So the fall of Babylon is a symbolic way of describing the end of the world. It's hard to miss the parallels between our present crisis and the end of the world as it's described by John in this chapter of Revelation. Peel continues in his article stating, Now I am not saying that this present pandemic is going to bring about the end of the world, though I'm not saying that it couldn't either. But I am pointing out that what we are seeing at the moment ought to remind us of the end. It's like a preview of the end. What we are living through right now, in a small measure, is a scaled-down version of the judgments God will pour out in the end. Things are difficult in many respects at the moment. At the end, they will be terrible in every respect. The message of this current crisis is clear. There will be an end. Human history is not going to round in circles. 
Whether it comes sooner or later, it will inevitably come. This global catastrophe is the starkest foreshadowing of that day most of us have ever experienced in our lifetime, and it is a merciful warning from God calling the people of the world to repent and trust Christ to save them while he still can. You'll definitely want to read all of Warren Peel's article, and I've got a link to it for you in the show notes. Babylon is featured in the story of the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11, and again in Revelation. In Genesis, the people all work together to build a tower with their hearts set on dethroning and overpowering God. God intervened in that situation like he has every other time the enemy has tried to overcome God. However, the spirit of Babylon lives on and has been expressed through the centuries in a variety of ways. In Revelation 17:6, we read the name of the woman who is seated on the scarlet beast is Babylon, the great mother of prostitutes of the earth's abominations. John writes that he saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. We read in verse 9 that the woman is seated on seven mountains. What do we know about the seven mountains? They are the mountains that represent all of society, religion, government, business, education, media, arts-slash-entertainment, and family. Babylon is a spirit that infiltrates all the seven mountains of society, which we have clearly seen to be the case in our day. Wickedness and corruption by the spirit of Babylon has tremendous control, especially over government, business, education, media, arts-slash-entertainment. Religion and family, while clearly compromised, seem to be the mountains that can help take back what we've lost on the five other mountains. As shared before, God has a covenant with America. God has a mandate and a purpose for our nation to impact the world for Christ. It should be no surprise then that the enemy has worked so hard to destroy this nation and this effort for destruction by the cabal has been ongoing for several hundred years. I believe the economy is the system the spirit of Babylon works through to direct all the seven mountains of society. The economic systems of the world have been the cauldron of opportunity for the enemy to influence people to oppose God by gathering wealth and controlling the world. The Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, George Soros, the Clintons, the Bushes, the Obamas, and more are believed by many to be part of this cabal. And I'm not alone in this conclusion, as clearly stated on the stage of Clay Clark's first Health and Freedom Conference, which took place, mentioned earlier, April 16th and 17th, 2021. Many hard-to-hear and hard-to-believe truths were boldly spoken, but this is part of what God is doing to wake up the world to the truth and to the extent of evil operating in our midst. I'll have some links for you in the show notes. It would be worth your time to learn the content of presentations from Clay Clark's event in contrast to the content of presentations that will be given at Pope Francis's upcoming 5th International Vatican Conference to be held May 6th to 8th, 2021. Discerning which is righteous and which is evil should be immediately apparent. Now, trying to wrap all this up, I'm going longer than I wanted to today. The American people have been played for centuries. While we've believed we've lived in a national republic since 1871, our nation has operated as a corporation. The Rothschilds, Rockefellers, George Soros, and people with like minds have operated through the IRS and the Federal Reserve and the central banks of the world to control people, governments, and nations 
while they amassed great wealth and power. All of this has been going on while we trusting people believed the people in government, our, our leadership, and in the medical world have our best interest in heart. But they have become drunk with their money and disillusioned with their power and fame, and now it's time for them to be caused to realize who they have been serving. God has been exposing the corruption to wake up the world of trusting ignorant people. And that includes you and that includes me. As Johnny Inlow has said, before the great awakening, God must cause a rude awakening. This rude awakening has been painful, but the best is yet to come. And by the way, Johnny was interviewed recently by Steve Schultz. It's a great interview that expands on some of what I presented today. You'll find a link under the bonus section of the show notes. We are presently living in the amazing days from Passover to Pentecost, where the power and presence of God can be uniquely experienced. There are still some people in this world who are not awakened to the truth. Instead, they are woke to deception. So let's be certain to pray for those who will yet be awakened, for those who will repent and choose to align with God through faith in Jesus. We would all be wise to prayerfully seek the Lord in these tremendous days to gain His wisdom and insight to see how our present events are in reality setting the stage for what is expected to be as much as 20 years of prosperity where the presence of the Lord during the times of the great harvest, the billion-soul harvest, will be undeniable and the enemy will once again be pushed back. Don't give in to the fear of the enemy. Live with the end in mind, and find your joy this very day. Next week, I'll pick up from here to explain more of what we can look forward to with the glorious days we have just begun to enter. God assures us the pain of the past will hardly be remembered as we more fully enter into all He has planned for this time on His timeline. If you've liked what you've heard today, I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. It's expensive to produce this podcast, and if I'm going to renew my agreement for yet another year, I need to have your help. One of the newest ways you can help is to get my new bumper sticker. I told you about it earlier in the show. It says, Make America Godly Again. They are available for $5 each on a pre-order basis at this time. They are beautifully designed vinyl stickers that will hold up nicely to any weather. And I hope you'll get as many as you can and give them away so we can begin to see Make America Godly Again everywhere we look. <laughs> um, let me know if you would like to order some now in the pre-order time because that will help me with my initial order. Contact me via email at faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com and let me know how many of these bumper stickers you would like. There will be a special announcement about the bumper stickers on my website, and soon you'll be able to order direct from my web store. And I'd love for us to see these stickers every time we're on the road. Won't you help me with this? In addition to showing your support with the bumper stickers, you can also take advantage of the many goods and services I bring you from my sponsors and partners, which you'll find on my faithtoliveby.com webpage. One of my sponsors is Edward Torres, who can help you with your future financial goals. Ask Ed Torres, a team member with the Financial Advisory Practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach to see if you're prepared for your financial future. 
Ameriprise Financial Services LLC understands your goals and they provide personalized service to help you reach them. Call Edward Torres at 949-250-3210. Offices are located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They are licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website on the show notes, and I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. He is mine and my husband's financial advisor and a wonderful Christian man I highly recommend. If you've liked what you've heard today, I sincerely appreciate hearing from you. Sitting in my studio before this microphone (laughs) feels very much like a one-way conversation, and I really don't want that. Use my email or social media so we can connect beyond this podcast. And also, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers that are not available to others. And with so much going on every single day, let's also connect on Facebook at Faith to Live by TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. Be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on the Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there is a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. And again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, if you want to see this continue on this particular podcast network, purchasing the goods and services I bring you is how you can support me, and it would be greatly appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel and for people to learn how to best apply their Christian faith. And also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you are sure not to miss a single edition? I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.